episode two of Sister Moms. Oh my gosh, Janisha, we are rolling on these episodes. <laughs> are you ready, girl? I guess. I guess. <laughs> All right, so if you didn't listen to last week's episode of Sister Moms, last week we discussed my labor and delivery story. And if you can't tell our voices apart, I am Deshelle, the younger sister. Um, I shared my labor and delivery story last week. And of course, this week, it is all about Janisha and her labor and delivery story. And so if you did, again, if you didn't listen to last week, please go back um, and go ahead and listen to that as well. And uh, we're going to, before we get started, actually, I want to hear about your week because <laughs> quarantine, <laughs> it just doesn't, 2021 isn't all that it promised to be. Let's just say that. <laughs> Rolling over a 2020. So how has your week been? My week has been pretty good, but I do have a mom story to share real quick. So um, I started by working out faithfully. Um, I try to do three to five days a week. And just this week, I started using Shakeology. Um, I hadn't done any protein shakes or anything like that because I had been pregnant and then I had a baby and I was breastfeeding. So I wasn't doing any of that. So now I'm at the point where I only nurse Imani like evening and morning. So no daytime nursing. So I wake up in the morning about nine or 10, I'm drinking my Shakeology. So I'm not nursing her until 9, 10 PM. So in my mind, we're good, right? Right. My first day making the Shakeology, I think it was the first day, Imani grabs my cup and drinks some and I didn't, wasn't paying attention. So she had some crazy, you know, poop. And I was like, that's cause she drank a Shakeology. But then the whole week, <laughs> they still had a crazy poop. So I'm like, hmm, maybe it was something she ate. Right. Um, maybe, you know, just trying to figure it out. I don't know. Maybe she got a stomach bug. I don't know. But the boot been crazy. Twice a day. She don't use the poop twice a day. Y'all, I finally had an epiphany. <laughs> it's that daggone Shakeology. And <laughs> protein. Like all these vitamins, all these superfoods, all this extra stuff. And she was like gassy and everything this week. Like bad gas. Real bad. And this stuff is super good for you. But uh, a little baby, it's like we're a toddler. They're not ready for all of that protein-packed shake. <laughs> and I real mindful, but I guess I thought, oh, I only nurse her like right before bed, so it should be good. So I got to take a break from the protein till I'm totally done. That's all good. We live and we learn. I know. <laughs> That's what parenting is. <laughs> but what about you? How was your week? All right, so this week... Um, the weather has been on and off, so I haven't been consistently being able to take um, Deanna out or take D out uh, outside. So I've tried to get creative indoors as, as much as possible. But uh, she's, I mean, like you've told me before, kids are pretty adaptable. They'll find, they'll play whatever game you want to play as long as you make it sound exciting. But one day, I, I don't even know if it was this week, but I took her to the park and I was like, you know what? I know I'm like super germaphobe when it comes to COVID but she's a kid she needs to be able to go out and just roam and play right. so I go to the park and of course I get there and there are other kids there I'm like oh my gosh I thought I came at the time when no one, well we were going to be at this time when no one was there but I got lost <laughs> on the way to the park and mind you we're walking I have this little mini mouse scooter that she can sit on and ride and she fell off of it she was hysterical I had to carry her butt going the wrong way we went past the elementary school and of course the elementary school was in the middle of recess so she sees all those kids playing and she's like mom you promised me we're going to a slide and I'm like not that slide 
<laughs> so we finally, finally make it to the part when she sees it, she gets all excited. She's over her tears and dramatics. But um, we get to the park and there are kids there and I wasn't, I, I was okay, you know, with the kids being there, but then they just weren't very nice. And I didn't know how to handle it because their parents or nannies or whoever they were, um, weren't, they really weren't taking care of it. And so like one kid like kicked her down the slide. She thought, of course she thought it was fun. I had to like, he, it wasn't rough, but he was like, you know, he thought it was a joke. She thought it was a joke, but I'm like, no, they're pushing her out the way to get up the, the, um, the steps to get to the slide. It was crazy. So when it was finally time to go, I had to put her on my back to carry her to, I called my mom, like mom, I've been this so many times, can you please come get us from the park? Cause we can't walk back. She won't get off the slide. She wanted to go down a big kid slide. She just went down, which is shocking because you know how how safe D is. Right, exactly. Um, and so as soon as she got down the slide, I put her on my back and I ran. <laughs> I was like, these people will think I kidnapped this girl. <laughs> Same for me. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we got to get creative as parents. And so, that, that, ooh, yeah. But yeah, I'm not going to hold us up from y'all hearing Janisha's labor and delivery story. They are drastically different stories. So please listen closely because your experience may be more similar to hers um, or someone that you know. And so, of course, share this podcast with anyone that you think can relate. Um, so I'm going to hand it over to Janisha and I'm excited to hear it. <laughs> Go ahead, girl. So hey, everyone, again, again, for voice sake, I am Janisha. I'm the older sister. Um, last week, yeah, Shelly shared her story. And it's amazing how starkly different everything about our everything related to baby was total opposite. Um, one difference is she was, I was living with her though, through my experience, whereas when she had D, I wasn't there yet. Um, so just remind you of time-wise, I moved down to Alabama when I was about six months pregnant. November, seven months something like that. Um, and when I was there, I'm home by myself a lot after Shelly went back to work. And so I just was kind of like, um, Googling, probably Googling. I mean, I was working, but outside of that, probably like Googling stuff. And I was like, I should get a doula. <laughs> I didn't know what a doula was before that day. <laughs> Never heard of it until I watched Jane the Virgin. I love that show. <laughs> but anyway, I hired a doula. Um, for those who don't know, a doula is kind of like a birthing coach. So they're not a nurse, they're not a doctor, um, but they're just kind of um, like your advocate during your birthing experience. And they kind of help give you information just so you, you have more than what you need to make the decisions for what you want to do. So I had a doula um, right before, like really close to before. So other people who may have had doula experiences, you may have had more time, you know, where you could plan more and all that. But mine was like right before. So the things that we did, how that worked out doula wise was I um, met up with her once just to, for us to talk together and see if we felt like we were good matches for each other. Definitely felt a connection right away. I love, you know, what it is that you say that you do um, in the city like Mobile. I know that um, it will be very beneficial for me to have you and have the knowledge that you can share. So the second time in person, um, Imani's dad was um, around by then. And so she kind of 
helped us to learn like how to labor, you know, so everything that we could do in order to, to make my labor as easy as, as possible. So that's just kind of a little background about doulas for those who don't know anything about a doula. Um, so let's go to day before. Um, no, two weeks before. So two weeks before, um, two, Shelly said she wasn't even one centimeter dilated. <laughs> but two weeks, I'm two centimeters dilated. So I'm calling Imani's dad, like, because he's, he's not in the same town as me yet. So then I'm calling him like, um, yeah, I'm two centimeters. I can't tell you what that means, how, when that means you're going to come. Um, so we can't really plan, but I'm just going to let you know. Um, and so I was two centimeters for two weeks. So then the day before um, Thanksgiving, so Thanksgiving Eve, I am, I start to go, start to have contractions. I remember like Shelly, I'm like, people talk about these contractions. What is it going to feel like? And they, they say it's like intense, like cramps. And I'm like, okay. So when it happens, I'm like, that's exactly what it is. Like cramps that are like unbearable. That's what cramps. Steroid, cramps on steroids. <laughs> there we go. So um, I start having them, I think like 2, 3 p.m. the day before. So um, eventually like 30 minutes apart. So me and my dad, we go to the mall and we walk around and he eats and you know, we just trying to walk it out. Um, after that, we went to Cravers. So Shelly was sharing how on her pre-delivery day, her last meal was Cravers. So we went to Cravers um, for customary sake. <laughs> and um, we ate there. Okay. So me, yeah, for those who don't know, I am very structured person. Yes. Um, and so y'all, I have like a note in my phone of like every time I, I had a cramp, I mean, I had a contraction, how far apart, like all that, I was all there. Um, so then, and the re one of the reasons I did that is because and people that didn't have a doula or don't, didn't really have anybody um, who they know that's pregnant and they start having contractions, most likely they're going to try to like go to the hospital real quick. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, I'm in labor and go. But my doula had talked me through like, hey, you really don't want to go until, you know, and she, she gave me a rhythm. Like they're this many minutes apart, about like say like two, five, two to five minutes apart, but they're lasting for also 30 seconds at a time, you know, something like that. I can't remember right now, but she told me a rhythm, like don't go until then because otherwise you're going to be in the hospital forever. So um, we come home that night and I eventually, I don't even think I went to sleep. I don't know, but by 11 p.m., um, they were five minutes apart. So that's when I went ahead and called her dad and it was like, okay, I'm five minutes apart. So you might want to come because um, it's probably close to time for me to go to the hospital. So he came and again, the doula taught us some things to, to help me go through labor without having to like go to the hospital or want to get it up door right away. Um, by, I, I tried like, laying down because you know they say you know try to relax a little bit I probably try to lay on my side or something I try to lay down all that but by about 2 a.m um I was vomiting mm -hmm. and so my dad of course I was just about to say I remember him pacing like he was pregnant this this is ridiculous we need to go to the hospital <laughs> oh and time out we have the same parents we just oh yeah we say my dad and my mom, but we had the same mom and same dad, just FYI. <laughs> but yeah, he was he was seriously like, this is crazy. I don't care about that doula. We have to go to the hospital. 
the one once I vomited, he was like, "We are like you don't have a choice. We are going." And I'm like, "It's not that serious. Like I probably just lethargic, you know? Like I'm real tired and and stuff." So if it was up to me, I wouldn't have went yet. I'd be like trying to thug it out for real. <laughs> we went. So we went. When we went, we packed up the big medicine ball. Um, and again, I have been talking to my doula on and off. And so I finally told her like, hey, we're going to go to the hospital because I vomited. And my dad said we, says we got to go. <laughs> so we all go. Um, did you go? Girl, no, I was getting ready for Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> my mom and dad. Yeah, it was just my mom and dad in the front and me and Imani's dad in the back um, and a doula ball in the back. Mm-hmm. And um, we went to the hospital. I, the doula actually got there like almost as soon as we got there. So um, she met us there at the hospital. I want to say I didn't get admitted. I don't know what this time frame is, but like that I can remember like being admitted in the bed, all that. It was like about 5 a.m. So to really start in the hospital stay was like 5 a.m. So 5 a.m. Um, we got to the hospital. What was it? The Providence? Mm, I ain't going to get a hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it started off horribly. Nurse wise, number one, my doctor who knew my delivery date was not working that day. <laughs> Why wouldn't you tell me that you're not working on the day I'm delivering? Exactly. I, to this day, I don't get it. Because I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to. <laughs> we try and be respectful, y'all. But really? anyway, um, so yes, but the other part, as Shelly was saying, nurses. So she knows that um, there weren't the greatest nurses there all the time. Um, when I first came in, I had a doula, right? So I got my advocate. Don't tie me up, don't hook me up to no IV. I don't wanna be stuck nowhere. Don't make me lay down, you know, all these things. Um, I wanna have a natural birth. My doctor ain't here, so I can't, the doctor can't tell you, so I gotta tell you what I said in my birth plan. I forgot about that the doula helps you like with your birth plan. So there was all this stuff I didn't know, but um, she gave me this like long, long, long questionnaire. So I could like Google words and figure out what they mean. So I can kind of know like, oh, do you want her to take, do they want, do you want the, do you want the doctors to give the baby a vitamin D shot? Oh, do you want, um, you know, who do you want to cut the cord? Uh, Do you want Pitocin? Do you want this? You know, just all these lists of things that I wouldn't have known. Okay, back at the hospital. Um, the nurses. Breathe, girl, breathe. <laughs> All right. So when I got there, y'all, I'm looking at my notes because our babies are two at this point. So I had to go back and listen to our first uh, time we did the episode. Um, when I got there, they wanted to check my cervix. Okay. Check my cervix, right? Shelly told on last episode what that means. So, um, one, one nurse, she text, checks my cervix. She's done. Okay. Nothing. Okay. <laughs> Another nurse comes in. She's like, I just want to check, you know, check behind her and just see. Okay. Y'all just keep coming in here fondling me. <laughs> exactly. So then she checks. Okay. She's Did like, you? how far along, di- you know, how far along dilated am I? And she's like, I think, I think about six, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, y'all right now. Like, it, I, I can understand that that might not be something you can give an exact measurement, but 
for two people to have to check me, you send a second person who I guess was supposed to have the more accurate answer. And she still was like, I think I'm not sure. Okay. Eventually they forced me to get the IV. I don't remember why, but you a nurse. That's like one of the main thing, basic things that I feel like every nurse knows how to do, right? Put in the IV. <laughs> Same thing, y'all. Like they tried so many times that they ended up putting it in the back of my hand. So when I'm trying to move around and do things, I can't because it hurts because I got this IV stuck in the back of my hand. Mm. And my hand was bleeding because of how many times they tried to prick me to get that IV in right. It was horrible. Horrible. Okay, next. I'm in there laboring. Okay, for those who, you know, what was my plan? My plan was non-medicated birth. I don't want no drugs. <laughs> no drugs. No drugs. And uh, mind you, we're in Mobile, Alabama. So probably about 60% of people get C-sections, let alone uh, trying to talk about some natural birth. Right. Um, so I went through lots and lots and lots of horrible, horrible, horrible labor pains. Mm. Um, it hurt really, 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 really bad. I don't know how else to say it. Um, but I can tell, I can share, you know, I can share some of the stuff that was helpful for me uh, that the doula uh, suggested. Um, one, you know, Shelly was talking about don't lay down. If you can't, if you don't have to lay down, don't lay down because laying down is one of the most, one of the worst positions to be in. Um, I don't know if y'all, y'all seen like those little massagers. You put like the batteries in, look like, like a ladybug, bug. like a little ladybug thing. That helped a lot. So like um, the massager on my back, like my lower back, that helped a lot there. Um, the medicine ball. So like rotate my hips on the medicine ball. Um, <laughs> the other trick that I never heard of, so rice. So she put rice in a sock and all she had to do was take it to the microwave and warm it up. And I had a pack. The doula did this? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I had a heating pack um, that you could just reheat all day. Um, so that was like, you know, to put on, on spots. And then other than that, just kind of massaging. Y'all, I had everybody massaging me. Shelly, my mom, um, Imani's dad, my aunt, everybody. <laughs> Everybody. you get right here you get right here yes it you was like this and she was real honest like no that don't feel good just stop <laughs> I was like dang I was trying um the one of the positions one of the times I really was struggling was when I had to pee so like I'm sure you're not supposed to do this guys but my we straight up unplugged myself from the from the thing from the machine and I would go to the bathroom because them nurses would never come back they never came back so we, I just go to the bathroom and it would really be painful in the bathroom. Um, okay, so blah, blah, blah. Eventually I got to eight centimeters, eight centimeters. For those again, who may know nothing about babies, 10 is done. The goal is 10. <laughs> the goal is 10. I got to eight. Mind you, I started laboring at like 3 p.m. the day before. It's like 6 p.m. the next day. And I'm at eight centimeters. So they're like, you're not dilating any further. They, you know, they would check every, you know, the doc at this point, the doctor is coming because it's been so long. Um, and I wasn't progressing at all. So 
eventually they try to stuff, you know, like lay on your, you know, the baby's heart rate is going down. Oh, your heart rate is going down. Let me lay you on your side. Let me try. So they try all this stuff. And long story short, I got stuck at eight centimeters. The doctor comes in. He says, it was a man. He comes in. He says, I've, I've let you go beyond anyone I've ever, you know, cared for as a patient. Um, as far as laboring at this point, I'm calling it like you have to get a C-section. I was like, you cannot be serious. I've been in labor for 30 hours without any medication. And you're telling me now that I'm going to have to have a C-section. Not only do I got to take drugs, but I also got to get cut for this baby to come out. I don't cry y'all. But I cried that day. I was like, you can't be serious. Yeah. We all walked in the room with our heads down, just like, man. How I, long and just repeat, how long were you stuck at eight centimeters? Um, like eight hours. See, that's that's a long time. Yeah. 30, you you labored for 30 hours, and then you were stuck at eight, two centimeters from 10 for eight hours so y'all I just want to pause there because one props to her because baby what but also like you when people say labor is so unpredictable that no one can tell you their story and say oh okay that's how it's gonna go not saying it's not helpful to hear because you need to hear a variety of stories mine is so different from hers which is so different from anyone else so eight centimeters for eight hours first you a champ Ah, girl, labor pains, but I'm gonna hand it back to you. Wow. Oh, the one other thing, I'm sorry, that I wanted to share as far as position wise, that really helped me. I can't do it right now for y'all, but imagine you're on your hospital bed and you know, the board, the the headboard. So I was on my knees and my arms were over the headboard like this Mm -hmm. and that position in itself, just like being up like that. It really was helpful. Um, most people are not gonna do that in the hospital because you can't. You probably not even gonna want to move around much. But that was like the most comfortable position. It hurt only because I had the IV. But other than that, it was it was very helpful. Okay. All right. So he tells me you gotta have a C-section. Next. Um, I cry, and we just kind of start moving with that, right? Um, I. Oh, Shelly, goodness, the pitocin. Oh yeah, you did have when. So after being stuck at eight for like a couple hours, um, they were like, well, let's just give you a half a dose. You know, we I, huh? I was there for that. I remember. Yeah. And then I think they did it twice. So they gave me half a dose twice. So they tried to try to further, further along, but it just, the Pitocin didn't do anything either. Um, so the drugs had started and they say, usually once you start the drugs, you're going to end with the drugs. Um, so I kind of knew I was going downhill, but C-section is pretty quick. So they say you have a C-section. Again, for those who don't have never had one, um, you got to get an epidural. So when you get an epidural, everybody has to leave the room so that you don't move. Um, so I got my epidural. Just like Shelly, once they told me I had to get drugs, hurry up. I've been late for all this time. Now y'all need to hurry up and give me some drugs since I got to have them anyway. So they couldn't get there fast enough with the <laughs> drugs. Um, so epidural and... Then they took me to the room. So they took me to the room. In the room, um, I'm laying down. And every hospital may be different, but I had like a curtain from my, like uh, at my waist. 
So I couldn't see Pat, well, not my, at my waist, at my chest, I guess. I couldn't see, I couldn't see my belly. Um, so I had Imani's dad and my doula in there with me um, for that. Yep. So we're in there, y'all. It was so fast. So he's like, the, the guy who did it, everything he did was like, he talked me through it very thoroughly. When I was getting the epidural, he said, this is how it's going to feel. This is what you're going to feel, blah, blah, blah. Same with the, with the C-section. He said, you know, I'm going to make a make an incision. I have I have a tattoo. So he was like, I'm making a decision. I'll make sure I put it below your tattoo. Um, he said, um, the only thing you'll feel is the pressure. Um, it's some pressure on your stomach or whatever. Of, I guess when they pushing her, out pushing her out kind of um so that's all I felt so it wasn't it didn't hurt at that point because I was drugged up um and it was just a pressure like he said so I was I felt prepared for everything that was gonna happen and nothing was a surprise okay she came out she didn't cry I'm like okay and then after a few seconds she cried for like just like five ten seconds and she stopped I'm like this little thug yeah yeah but what they noticed was um like how her head was that the reason I got stuck is because her head got stuck um and I couldn't labor any further I don't know how true this is y'all but I had an OB after her and she was like I could have told you that you weren't gonna be able to be able to have a, a vaginal birth from the way your pelvic bones are or whatever and so I, I don't know how true that is, but I'm just going to tell you that that's what, and I had a friend, she was like, she kept saying it. She was like, you gonna end up getting a C-section. You, you know, you're, you're too, your frame is too small. Or whatever. Yeah, right there. And that is like, I know pretty skinny people who have babies, like naturally. All my life, I've heard the opposite, girl, you got them baby making hips, like, ooh. And I know what they meant, but then when you talk to women, they're like, no, you're going to be able to, that baby going to come out. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I, so for I me, and she she is very small in the frame right there. Yep. So yeah. I'm like, I wish if I, if I had, I wonder if I had her as my doctor when I was pregnant, would I be like, I ain't going to you because you trying to tell me I can't handle natural birth. You know what I'm saying? Or what? Right. Like, I would have responded. But we have a family member who has a small frame like you, and she had the natural birth, but she had some damage because of how small her frame was, and yeah. she's like, I probably should have looked into other options or figured out something before because it really did damage hmm. so that's an interesting that's a thought that's some good research to do that is yeah. yep so I gotta I'm looking to that because I want another one most people who have one the first time they don't have um they have they continue to have c-sections but a lot of times they give you the option you can try for for a vaginal birth and then if that doesn't work then you can go to a c-section I don't know what I would do but I'll be I'm looking at that, uh, v-back yes there you go, girl. You smart. Um, okay, so I'm gonna end finish this off. So the last thing is the hospital stay. So um Shelly was only there for two days because she had a vaginal birth. I was there for three days because I had the C-section. Um, so after I had the baby, uh they gave her to her dad. So I remember looking at her like, oh my gosh, my baby. Um, and then once they rolled me back into the room, like everything was done, then I could hold it. So I held on my chest. I guess I nursed her immediately. I don't remember, but I guess I nursed her immediately. Um, and then they eventually rolled us into the suite. I sweet, I say sweet, into the room where we were gonna be staying. Um, all right, so I was there for three days. I got a few things to share about my experience with that. So when you have a C-section, you get a catheter put in. And I don't know for everybody, my experience, I can't, I'm not a doctor, 
when I had my C-section, I had a catheter put in. That was my first time in my life that I am aware that I had a catheter. So I didn't really know a lot about that. So, okay. Like the next day, yeah, because I had her at 10.37 PM. She was seven pounds, nine ounce, seven pounds, nine ounces, and she was 20 and a half inches. Um, so the next day I remember they were like, okay, if you, what was the thing? Oh, okay. So they took the catheter out, right? And they were like, if you will, if you urinate before this time, we'll leave the catheter out. But if you don't, then we got to put it back in. So I'm like, okay, cool. When I feel like I got to pee, I'm gonna go pee. <laughs> Biggest myth <laughs> that you. Nobody told me. I'm like, like, okay. So y'all at <laughs> one point I was like, I'm not a panic person. I have a super high tolerance for pain, right? Y'all labor for 30 hours. So I feel some, I'm like, oh my goodness. I needed the nurse. You know, when you got pressed at the button, where's the nurse? Can y'all help me get the nurse? Like, I think uh, Imani's dad and his mom, Imani's dad and his mom were there. And they're like, can y'all please get the nurse? Like, I, it's something, I don't know what's wrong. And the lady comes in. She was like, all right, I'm gonna take you to the bathroom and see if you can pee. Y'all. I don't know, like 750, 500, something like that, Middle East. I filled up the whole thing, literally. I'm not playing the whole thing. And the so- like, You had a bedpan or? No, no, she took me to the bathroom. Oh, you filled up the toilet? No, they give, oh, a bedpan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was like, I God, I <laughs> So um, she was like, oh, you just had to pee, but you didn't know. I mean, I why would you tell that. me that? Like, I remember that. I was like, I think I, I was like I haven't peed for a long time let me go try I went I was like when is this gonna be over uh, <laughs> I called I was like TJ I'm still peeing <laughs> nobody they did not do a good job and they wrote stuff on the board but they wrote it in like medical language my you friend know. from work had to come in and say um well have you been walking no girl I can't walk nobody I just have a baby. Do anything. he was like well the sign says you need to walk I said I done read that sign 30 times it don't say no it does not say walk I forgot the word. It's close to percolate. I don't know. And I was like, oh, so I'm supposed to be walking all the time. Okay, well, <laughs> we got my bad. I just had to, because that's another thing. Y'all help y'all out for real. If you haven't had a baby yet, we're hoping that some of these moms who are pregnant or planning to be moms are listening to this and learning from our experiences. Put your timer on your phone after you have a baby for to go pee. Whether you think you have to go or not, put a timer on your phone. Pee when that timer goes off. Yes. Back to you, sis. So yeah, so then after that, that's exactly what I did. I said, I'm going to have to pay attention to the clock and just go periodically to the bathroom. So that's what I began to do. And that, that helped out a lot. Um, other than that, uh, showering, Shelly talked about how she didn't know she could shower. So she stank for a couple of days. Whereas me, they told me right away when I could, like at, you know, at this point, you'll be able to take a shower. I want to take a shower. Um, and I need help. For, I need help. I couldn't wash my feet. And when it was time to put on my underwear stuff, I couldn't get to the floor to put my underwear on. So those were some of the things that I had to get help for. Um, and another difference with Shelly and I was she had, there was a um, lactation nurse there during her stay, but I came, I had Imani on Thanksgiving day. So there wasn't any lactation nurses present. However, a nurse, if you don't have a lactation nurse 
from the experience I had, the nurse still was very helpful in knowing how to breast, you know, help you with breastfeeding. So every feeding y'all, I called the nurse when it was time to feed because it wasn't easy for me. So she always would help me. And like Shelly said, they'd be like whipping you, like they help you for real. Like, um, so she, she was helpful. Shelly already kind of talked about different positions um, yeah. that you can use when you nurse. But one of the things with Imani, okay, which we'll go into more next, which we go to more for the breastfeeding was that she had a possible tongue tie. Um, so that was what I believe was one of the issues that I had in the beginning. Now y'all, she a pro of course, so I don't see no tongue issues, but <laughs> that's what they said. Um, and they went even as far as to say she could have a surgery or snip on her tongue in order yeah. to fix it. Like yeah. It's, yeah, the, the, the journey has been wild. <laughs> go ahead. Um, but that's, that's really it that I can think of. I had amazing support. Um, Imani's dad, like, Y'all, I'm laboring, I'm hurting, but he laboring. Oh, yeah. he won't help. So he DJ, was. I was like, the whole time I was like, DJ, why you ain't doing what he doing? You need to talk to him because. Y'all didn't have no doula to tell to teach him. <laughs> right. I would teach, teach him what to do. And I mean, he was in there sweating, massaging you. I'm like, how long you been massaging? Oh, 30 hours. I had this? to get the door, y'all. He was on it. He was, he did good. In the middle of the day, either it was Thanksgiving. He ain't get to eat or nothing. Yeah, he did and Thanksgiving. Do you think they saved me a plate? See, what had happened was... So trifling. <laughs> That's all. To be fair, at that point, I was on a very strict diet. I don't even think my diet had started yet. I'm a lot for I'm a lot of... <laughs> no, but he got a plate, but I didn't. I labored all those hours. Yeah, that's true. And he got a plate, and I didn't. But it's that, all... That's, but that's what happens when you have a baby. It is no longer... About you. I mean, from the moment you start labor, because before they'd be like, you mean to massage your feet? Your feet real swole. I go into labor. Um, we need that grandbaby. We need we need that baby. That's all I care about. Can you get what out the you doing? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So I I mean, being there was crazy because I know we both wanted natural births. And I'm like, you know, my sister, my big sister who's like succeeds at everything she touches, it was just like, watch her like ace this thing that baby gonna pop out when she pull up to the hospital and mm -hmm. it just was a reminder that you can't you're not in control of it you're not in control of it not saying you shouldn't plan for what you desire and be as prepared as possible but also be prepared for it to not go the directional way that you wanted it to go because no matter what there's nobody's gonna say oh my pregnancy or my delivery went exactly how i planned if they say that, I don't believe them. But yeah, so we both know we want, okay, well, you know you want another child. <laughs> you know you want another child. So next go around, what would you do different? So the only thing for me, like I said, y'all, I'm really structured and I'm a much, very much a planner. Um, Imani was not planned. So I I wasn't in the mental space to prepare the way I, I would the next time. So I think I would just kind of, you know, like, what to expect when you're expecting. I didn't read it actually because I just wasn't in that place. But next time I would read it. <laughs> right, right. It was like, this isn't exciting. Like okay. it's exciting, but it's not, I don't know how to, that's understandable. Yeah. Yeah, and you well, were so silent at that point. It was just kind of like, yeah, no, you know. So that's it. I would just kind of do more work, you know, do the, do the work. The doula was helpful in sharing a lot of things, but 
Um, I'm sure that book probably would have been even more helpful if I, if I read it. So would you hire a doula again? I would hire a doula again because I, I'm pretty soft-spoken when it comes to like standing up for myself to like people I don't know stuff about when I know what I'm talking about, but when I don't. So um, I think I would. Okay. Okay. All right. So I have to look over here because I wrote stuff down. <laughs> Now you said something earlier and it's like early in the story, I had a question about, and this is kind of in reference to the doula because the doula is more educated than any of us <laughs> about the process. So you were at home laboring for hours. Mm -hmm. And then once you threw up, my, our dad said, um, we go into the hospital. When you called the doula to let her know, like we're going to the hospital because I threw up. Did she have any insight on that? Did she like say anything? Um. I don't think it was a panic mode for her at all because okay. I literally think about exercise. I'll go to the gym and I work out till I vomit, you know, like <laughs> I know what it's like. <laughs> I know, I know what it's like to push your body, you know? So I didn't think it was a diet. She didn't, she didn't feel like it was a dire thing either. It's just more like your body's just going through, you know, strain of something that it's never done before. Right, 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 right. Okay. Even when I got there, they didn't do nothing different than I could have did at home until I got the Pitocin. Right. <laughs> that's true so man I just going back in that time is just crazy but I had one last question so you've been breastfeeding for two long years so you a pro homie <laughs> I'm a pro pro if you what can give us one to two tips to a new mom who wants to breastfeed and everybody around her is like girl just go buy you some formula I got some formula stored up you want some well we don't do that that's that's some old 1970 stuff what tips might you give I mean a reference to how to handle what people around them say or to the technique of breastfeeding itself either one or both so first as it relates to people I think that's um I'm always like know your why right so if you have your why in mind then it'll help you it'll keep you from going to everybody else's thought process right like for us we talked about like it's the healthiest option it's like a miracle gold liquid gold you know yeah. like you can't you can't duplicate it uh, the formula cannot duplicate breast milk so if you can give them what's best so it's like you figuring out like your reason like I think I want to do this because and if you really have a good strong reason that you can that you can stick with you do that and don't fight people okay thank you <laughs> yeah, I mean, right there. that's a big that's a big lesson for period people pleasing period like we got to stand up for what we want and believe and be okay to just shake our heads when they give their advice and move on oh, um, practice yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and then the second part technique I guess well before I even technique because it's people that are considering it it's not easy your baby usually is not going to be born and be like, I'm a pro. Like it has to be a decision and you have to stick with it. Multiple women, women have called me since they have had children. And I've just talked to them, like, don't give up. Like it's going to happen. I had to get extra help. You know, even if you start pumping for now until you get the hang of it, like um, you have to push through the difficult because it gets easier. It gets a whole lot easier. Mm -hmm. And if you can find one friend, one resource, something to, to surround yourself with, to help you keep you encouraged, 
I mean, that's in itself. Forget technique. That in itself is what can make you even continue to do it. Um, but as it relates to technique, I won't get too deep because we're going to have a whole episode on, on, on breastfeeding. Um, so yeah. I strategically asked at the end. I, I was like, yeah. I, I, <laughs> um, in the beginning, like Shelly said, that football hole. Get you a pillow, lay it beside you, and have their head, you know, um, they're on their back and their head is to your boob. Like that is like the the best move as for, as far as for new babies. Yeah. Um, even if I don't have like me and her are different sizes as well. Her boobs are a lot bigger than mine, but that that period helped um, even for both of our sizes. So I feel like that's a pretty universal hold that most women could probably use. Okay. Okay. Um, that was my last question, but I did want to say if you're comfortable, Janisha, if you guys want to see our precious little ones when they were born or any picture you feel comfortable sharing, um, cause I'm not holding Look, everybody gonna see my baby, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> so if you want to see pictures of our babies, go ahead and add us on our Facebook handle, which is sister moms. Um, look us up. It's the same, um, picture that you'll see that is on the podcast so look for us and this week we're going to post pictures of our babies from early on when they were born yes. please go ahead and add us on that facebook page okay yeah, i'm not uh shy my baby girl my ig is public true that's true. her on a lot of my pictures so yes um thank you all for tuning in for episode two of sister moms please continue to share this with any other women that you know would benefit from listening to it. Um, we really want to make a difference and be, um, fill a void out there that wasn't available to, you know, there was a, something that wasn't available to us at the time. And we want to fill in that gap for you all. So if you have suggestions, if there's questions, if there's any feedback, we are definitely open for feedback. If there's an area about parenthood that you feel like you want to talk about, we're open for um, having guests on as well. Um, so please subscribe and share and we hope to see you next week.